0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
0: You're listening to Funky Monkey, MLMA. Can I have your attention, please? Listening to Funky Monkey M-M-A.
2: Welcome to another edition of Funky Monkey MMA. I'm your host, Joel Rojas, alongside Kane Miller. How are you doing, Kane? What's going on tonight?
3: I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. We got a great a great guest tonight. You might remember him from his all-out complete dissection against Dan Lozon. Um, going for the title in the next event for the Lionfighter organization. Uh, please help me welcome Chip, the surgeon. Morazzo Pollard. What's going on, Chip?
4: Hey, what's happening,
2: man? Nothing much, man. Um, Just um, once again, thanking you again for coming on the show. Let's just jump into uh, a little bit of some of these questions. You mentioned in the intro, Um, you had a great scrap where you physically like, just dissected, took apart Dan Lawson, which was, if I'm not mistaken, that was on the list of one of the best fights in the organization. Now you're now you're in uh Muay Thai. Um, is that something that you're gonna stay on and you're not there's no turning back to MMA?
4: Yeah, no, no turning back to MMA. That uh fight against Amazon was I think my oh, no, yeah, it was my second to last MMA fight a few years back uh for right. CES. And uh yeah, the next fight I had was also for C E S. It was for the welterweight strap and yeah. um uh, guy that was supposed to be trying to knock me out. Realized he couldn't touch me on the feet and uh, managed to get a knee bar on me. And right then I was like, all right, that's my last MMA fight. I'm going to where I've been wanting to go all along, which is uh, just into the ring for kickboxing or Muay Thai.
2: Right. And that that seems to be your home. I mean, that seems to be where you, um, I believe, um, truly belong. You, you can display your striking without having to wear to be taken down and whatnot. It, it just displays everything to perfection. I mean, your last fight was just a beautiful fight, and you know now you're with um now with Lionheart. I'm sorry, Lionheart. Lion fights, excuse me. And well, you are a Lionheart on top of a surgeon as well. And you know it. It's going to be a pretty big event. Um, anything you can tell us um leading up to that event? Any any changes in anything you've done, or how's the atmosphere? How's the the work up and uh leading up to the to the event. Like is anything out of the ordinary thing's the same? Do you look at it the same or is it something like this is a uh a, a real big a real big show, big opportunity for me? Uh,
4: yeah, it definitely is a real big show, big opportunity. It's um so it's line fight thirty nine. But it's being mm-hmm. co-promoted by uh, Muay Thai Grand Prix, which is the promotion that they have over in the in the U.K. and also in Paris. Uh, Muay Thai Grand Prix is a really big Muay Thai promotion over there. So the new mm-hmm. promotions are getting together to put on the first uh, fly fight event um, internationally. So this is the first time that they've done this. And I'm uh, the main event, defending my title that I won in my last fight. And uh, also fighting for the vacant Muay Thai Grand Prix uh, cruiserweight belt as well. So two belts will be on the line in this fight—the one that I already won, and uh, one that I'm planning on adding to the collection. But uh, yeah, aside, aside from that, it's just yeah, it's just another fight. It's uh, it's awesome that I get to go abroad for the first time and uh, show like the more of the world what I can do. But um, yeah, it's just another fight i I had about 20 pro MMA fights. This will be my sixth pro Muay Thai fight. Uh, So at this point, it's just another another day in the office.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, really cool. And, you know, you've been fighting for for a while now. It looks like you made your pro debut uh, back in 2008, and now you're continuing your career in Muay Thai. How did you initially get started in combat sports as a whole?
4: Uh, well, like a lot of little kids my age I grew up in the 90s, born in the 80s, I loved uh, anything that was Jackie Chan or or uh, John Claude Yeah, You mentioned Lionheart earlier. That's, that's John Claude right there. But, um, yeah, I was running around the backyard even before I started training. I was running around doing kicks and pretending I was a ninja and everything. So my mom put me in karate when I was about six or seven years old. And um, I started competing in uh, karate tournaments uh, shortly after that. Turned out being really good. Um, kind of went away from it when I was a teenager, started playing basketball. But then uh, after I graduated high school, MMA was really big. So I found an MMA gym that was in Plymouth, which was a CCFA, with some great uh, great coaches there, Pat Schultz, Mike Rush, And uh, I was an affiliate of City of Kong in Boston. And I've kind of been with that same team ever since. I just Right now, I just left the gym to Yatong up in uh, Somerville. So, yeah, and, uh, So after starting training in MMA and everything, I had my first pro fight in
3: 2008, like you said. Okay, yeah, cool. And, you know, you obviously started at a very young age, and then you realized uh, pretty soon that MMA and other combat sports were getting popular. Was there a specific fighter, whether it be in MMA or Muay Thai or boxing, that you – specifically may have looked up to or even maybe tried to like mimic your style after?
4: Uh, one of the first guys that really... Because obviously starting out, I was an MMA guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was always a striker in MMA. Like in all of my 20 MMA fights, I never tried to take anybody down once. I was always just trying to keep it on the feet. And, but obviously other people know better and they're going to try to take me down. But uh, yeah, the guy I always looked up to was uh, Anderson Silva. That was always... Whenever Anderson was fighting, I made sure I got all my friends together and we kind of tuned in just to see what crazy thing he was going to do next. Uh, That was always kind of my hero right there. But um, anybody, that was a a striker, really. I loved watching guys like uh, Anthony Pettis. I liked uh, watching, like... Uh, Cowboy, or even Alan Belcher back in the day, Nancy Muay Thai, like anybody that was uh, that was a striker and that was exciting to watch. I Barboza, and then uh, once I started kind of falling in love more with the Muay Thai and the kickboxing, then I started like kind of branching out and watching guys like Sen Chai and Poo Kao and uh, Georgia Petrosian and like really high-level strikers as well.
2: You had touched on um, that you run CES which is the biggest promotion in the New England area, um, you know, bringing fighters forth into the UFC, like uh, Kyle Bosniak, which is a fantastic fighter. You got Matt Desai, who was in the Dana White Contender Series, which I know we'll be seeing him soon in the UFC. Uh, is there any, any of those fighters that you have great relationships with as, as far as, you know, maybe your friends and whatnot, training, um, maybe sparring? Because there's some killers up there.
4: Actually, just now, I'm I'm driving home as we speak, and I was just uh, at the gym working out with Charles Rosa a little bit, which Charles Rosa is another guy that came from uh, CES that is now in the UFC doing his thing. Me and him were just sparring and exchanging some uh, some ideas just half an hour ago. But, um, yeah, I'm friends with with a lot of those guys, man, like Greg Rappello, that's my boy. Me and Greg have been training together since I was a little teenage Piss week. Uh, he was also on the Contender Series and everything. He's fighting on this upcoming uh, CES uh, show that they have. Uh, actually, the same weekend as my fight. But uh, the local scene, especially, like, within that promotion and just the local scene in general is kind of close-knit. So you see all these different guys at all these different shows. And for over the years, you've established, like, relationships with all of them. So from guys from, like, every time I see Matt set, they went up and said, like, he's a good dude. And Nick Newell, and uh, I mentioned Charles Rose. Rob Vaughn has always been a C.S. own guy. Uh, yeah, the list goes on. Uh, John's Doomsday Howard. He just fought on the left guard. Doomsday. that's my man right there. Uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah, there's, there's a million guys. Um, yeah, those are all all good guys. Is
2: anything in particular that, that drove you to... To be a part of combat sports, I know that there's a lot of fighters that I've spoken to. Like, bullying is, is an issue, uh, a big epidemic, as actually all over the world, and that seems to be one of the areas that problem to it. What was your motivation to, to being involved in combat sports? Well,
4: I don't, I'm pretty much like I said, when I was a kid, like ever since I can remember, I've always loved anything to do with martial arts, anything to do with kind of hand-to-hand warfare. I love like uh, cultures like samurai and the vikings and knights and anything like that, the Spartans and gladiators, so it's kind of like I've been a martial artist more or less my whole life, so it's kind of just just the natural progression of that, it's uh, basically just testing all the different skills I've acquired throughout my whole life doing martial arts and just putting it to the test. When I was a little kid, like I said, I used to watch, like, the Street Fighter cartoons, and I used to dream about being one of those characters, and now this is pretty much as close as you can get to doing that, just to kind of travel the world and, and fighting.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, really cool. And, you know, we you mentioned before, like, the really good gym that you come out of. I mean, you train with guys like Bachniak and... John Howard and, like, Rob Font, he's, like, one of the rising, uh, bantamweights right now, that's got to give you a certain level of confidence, right? Do you feel kind of, do you feel like the guys you train with kind of, uh, kind of boost your confidence heading up into this upcoming fight?
4: Yeah, definitely. Like, the team I'm with, with, uh, Song and then all my students down in, like, Horn and Hudson Bay, um... It's like you can't train with a better team than that. Uh, C. O. Tung is especially for Muay Thai, it's like that's one of the most, if not the most prestigious name in Muay Thai. Um, mm-hmm. So with, with trainers like Kumar Delagradi or Kumasi, uh you get such a wealth of information, and then every night you're training with, with killers up there, um, guys that have fought in the UFC, guys that have fought on PS or guys that have fought on Lion Fight, or sometimes you have pro boxers in there. Um, and that's even the guy that I've sparred with that aren't my team. Like, not too long ago, Donald Cerrone came down.
1: Uh, he
4: was in town in Boston, and he came down, to see how I saw him speak. Cowboy got to go a few rounds for, I think it was a year ago, me and Senchai, who was considered to be, like, the top-point type fighter in the world, uh, went to a Senchai seminar, and me and Senchai got to, got to move around a little bit and slow. So it's like, stack yourself up against these fighters that you watch on TV, and you their videos and everything, and realizing that you can hang with them
3: and, and go right back out. them, it's definitely uh, a confidence booster. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you know, uh, we've we've mentioned your upcoming fight uh, with Lion Fight, uh, with the Lion Fight organization. Can we get your thoughts on the specific matchup? How do you see the scrap playing out?
4: Uh, it should be an uh, exciting fight. I know this uh, the guy I'm fighting, Jordan Smith. He's from the UK. He's uh, I think his gym is in London. So you um, should have a ton of people there making a lot of noise, uh, booing, cheering, whatever. Doesn't matter. But um, he's a tall, lanky guy, just like the last guy. Fought. I think they're on the same night, about six four. Um, I know he likes to push the pace, so it should be an exciting fight. Uh, but again, I've been doing this long. Uh, All together, this will be, I think, somewhere around my 26th pro fight. So it's just going to be another night in the office, but it's definitely going to be fireworks. And that's the thing about Muay Thai um, as a whole. It's like there's, there's not too many boring fights when the only options are to punch, kick,
2: and elbow somebody. Now, um, I'm gonna. I, I, this is something that I'm trying to incorporate in some of my interviews. I'm gonna give you a um, couple names. Just basically, just tell me the first word that pops into your head. Um, let's start with yeah. Scott Kent. Scott Kent.
4: South that's the boss right there. All
2: right. Marta Legrati.
4: Oh, the maestro.
2: Maestro. Joe Dozon.
4: Savage. Mike
2: Perry. <laughs> I want to hear this one. <laughs> Who's that? Mike Perry. Mike Perry. What's the name? UFC? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Big mouth. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, Chip or Raza Pollard? Surgeon. That's what's up. I knew that was that was, what was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Love>
4: it.
3: <laughs> and, but hey, that's
4: <laughs> yeah. not, not my thing. It's like hey, everybody's following that Conor McGregor model and using their uh their trash talk to get them into bigger fights. And so the dude backs it up. I don't pay attention to the UFC as much as I used to, but uh, huh? I know he's a really good fighter. And actually, one of my boys from uh, Florida, I think used to train with him or something. That's his homie. But uh, he's definitely a good fighter. But does like the talk that ish. Uh,
2: unfortunately, the McGregor effect has taken everybody by storm. But on the bright side, is getting the fighters what they want, whether it be in the UFC or any organization or any type of combat sports. Period. You know, the trash talking is 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 was getting these fighters some big fights. You know, Kobe um, Covington, for example, this past weekend, dude was on number seven, jumped to number three. He just he was maybe a couple of fights away from possibly getting a title shot, so now everyone wants to see him fight for the title. I mean, that's just uh, the way it is. The trash talking nowadays is what's putting the money in some of these sliders' pockets, and, you know, some people take it personal. Some, you know, it is what it is, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just part of the game now.
4: Yeah, pretty much got to that point. Not my style, but I understand, like, the business aspect of it.
2: Exactly. You've always been one of those humble, those silent killers. That you just basically a man of little words, just go in there and do what you gotta do. You let your hands, yeah. you let your hands do the talking.
4: Exactly. Like I said, I'm a martial artist, and like a lot of guys that do MMA, I feel like they get into MMA and they just think of it as another sport or as just getting in there and just beating somebody up. But like you can see, the guys that came from like a base in traditional like martial arts that. Like, my upbringing in the gym I started at when I was a little kid, it was a really strict, like, karate gym where you can trace the lineage back to the founders of karate in Okinawa. So it was, like, really strict. You talk, you can push up, you're, like, not messing around, not running around. You weren't able to get a black belt until you were a certain age, not like some of the other karate gyms you see out there where you got little kids running around with black belts. But, um... Mm -hmm. And uh, you see guys that come from a back- background similar to that kind of handle themselves a little differently in MMA than you have with guys that just get in it as as another sport more or less like it's like football or something like that. But um, that's also like something to point out you don't really see as much as guys like kind of soak out those like kind of traditional values and everything like that versus MMA where you have like a bigger spectacle and everything just trying to like put at ass-
2: Absolutely. So you must be a good, a uh, big fan of the of the Shaolin Wu Tang movies that you see sometimes playing on Spike TV, or just might even have them in, in the comfort of your home already. Because those movies, I mean, they're awesome. Man, I, I mean, not a lot of the, the the young bloods know about those. But if you guys got got a moment, take a take a look at some of those movies.
3: Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, Chip, so uh, regarding, like, regarding your upcoming fight, you said that you think it's going to be fireworks. Can we get your final prediction, though? How do you see yourself winning the fight? Maybe, like, what round, what method? How do you see yourself getting your hand raised?
4: I try not to, like, come up with a preconceived, like, way that the fight is going to go because I felt like over the of my career, It's on my older MMA fights and everything. I would nitpick so much like when I'm watching videos and try to plan out every single little thing that when you're actually in the fight, you're expecting a certain thing to happen and you're expecting to react a certain way. Meanwhile, you might be missing something that's happening right in front of your eyes just because you're already thinking about what you think should be happening. So I I kind of picture myself always just winning at the end of the night. I picture standing on either side of the ref and the ref raising my hand and uh, the opponent kind of clapping and shaking hands and everything like that. As far as how I got the win, I'm the surgeon. So it's like I kind of I feel you out. I see what you have for me. And everybody has a hole somewhere. So I kind of just try to find that hole and then just, take advantage of it and blow it up so it's like whether it's it's earlier i doubt it'll be in like the first or second round because like i said i like to pick you apart i like to just just kind of have fun in there show how good i am show how dominant i can be and maybe in one of the later rounds third fourth fifth or maybe it'll go all all five rounds who knows i don't know how How tough this guy is, I don't know, I know he's a great fighter and everything, he's undefeated, he has to be undefeated for a reason, but, um, yeah, I just see myself winning at the end of the night, be it a stoppage, be it a decision, Uh, one way or another, I know if it look good doing it.
3: Okay, yeah, sounds good. And, you know, so that's kind of how you see the fight going. Obviously, you're not looking too far ahead, but do you maybe have any, like, plans for what you're going to do after the fight? Like, do you already have maybe another opponent in mind or kind of the next step for you afterwards?
4: I uh, don't really. It's kind of, like, I'm the line fight champ right now, so I'm the, the first ever line fight cruiserweight champ. And in my eyes, as a champion, you shouldn't be picking and choosing who you're going to fight like uh, it seems like a lot of guys do. It's um, kind of like you're up at the top of that mountain, and whoever can make it up that mountain, you just got to knock them back down. So after this fight, um, if everything goes as I think it should, I'll be the line fight champ and I'll be the Muay Thai Grand Prix champ. So I'll have to defend one of those belts, uh, unless they send me somewhere else to win another belt, but that will be fine too. But uh, yeah, short of that, it's just whoever can, can get to the top of that mountain, I'll be waiting for them.
2: If you can give a message, to you know, aspiring mixed martial artists, or what have you, or maybe a child that might want to get into the game, what advice would you give them from your personal experience and all your trials and tribulations that you've had within the the combat sports industry?
4: Ah, first find One thing is just have fun. A lot of times it kind of like the grind of it, like you have to obviously you have to work hard, you have to stick with it, you have to pay attention to everything you're being taught and try to soak in as much as you can. Um, but can't forget to have fun. It's like if you're not having fun, it becomes a chore, it becomes a job. uh, Even in the fights, like guys get so serious, you gotta like kind of balance it out with other fun things that you do in your life. You gotta just kind of always remember that it's something that you love to do or else you wouldn't be doing it and then it won't become. Like it won't become a job, it won't become a chore, it won't become tedious and uh then, as far as like if you wanna be a fighter, don't always just think about the record like think about just like don't think about winning or losing when I go out there, I don't think about really winning or losing the fight. I just think like, all right, if I do my thing out here and I fight the way that I'm capable of and I show all the different techniques and all the different uh things that I work on in the gym, then even if I come up short it's going to be one hell of a fight, and maybe the guy's worthy enough to beat me. But if I bring everything that I have to the table, um, then, hey, there's nothing to be ashamed of them. That's bad. A lot of guys, I think, especially MMA, they are so worried about getting a loss on their record that they're caught up in trying not to lose instead of just going out there and just doing their thing and just letting the chips uh, fall where they may. But, uh, yeah, so those are probably two things just kind of just, have fun with it, and then when you're trying to be a fighter, just not getting so caught up in winning or losing and just going out there and just, just, it's cliche, but just giving it your best shot and just doing your thing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you said just, like, uh, that you just have a ton of fun doing this and competing in combat sports. But, you know, what else do you like to do for fun as well, like kind of, like, outside of fighting? Do you have any, like, hobbies or anything like that to occupy your time with as well?
4: Oh yeah, I'm a huge nerd, so I'll be every every Wednesday I'm buying my comic books. Uh, tomorrow night I'll be going to see the the new Thor movie. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big big Marvel guy, big nerd. Uh, but other than that, like when I'm not getting ready for a fight, I'll go out with the homies, with my girlfriend, hit, hit the bars and whatnot. Like I said, you got to balance it out. You got to balance out having fun. With working hard. I like will go out one night and have some drinks or whatever and then come Monday I'm back up at City Your song Marathon Monday, sparring hard but then around. So it's just like find that balance. But yeah, as far as hobbies I'd say it's just just anything anything nerdish. I got my comic books, my my nerdy movies, all that.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely get that man. You gotta like find the balance between it. You gotta kinda like equally put out like your effort towards your career as well as uh, kind of, you know, taking it easy and not being too overly focused. So, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I definitely understand that. Definitely. All right. Awesome. Well, I think with that, uh, you know, kind of to, to end things off, uh, Chip, do you have any kind of like uh, thank yous or shout outs to sponsors or anything like that you'd like to throw out there as well?
4: Yeah. Uh, well, I definitely like shout out just the sport of Muay Thai. It's like, I feel like, um, the more MMA fans get like uh, exposed to Muay Thai or even kickboxing, but especially Muay Thai, it's like it's almost all the things in MMA that the average people like to see. You go to an MMA event and you see the drunk idiots in the crowd as soon as the, the fight hits the floor. Like, oh, stand up, kick him in the head, knock him out. It's like, hey, come watch a Muay Thai fight because that's all it is. There's nothing, no, no boring sections and nothing, uh, nobody wrestling around on the ground, if uh, you don't understand the intricacies of just jitsu wrestling, Muay Thai, I feel like once they're getting some traction in the state, it's definitely going to blow up, and uh, hopefully I can be one of the guys that helps to do that, but uh, I want to shout out uh, Prime Management, uh, my team, all my family up at Kong, uh my students down in the underground, down in uh, Bourne, and
3: uh all my fans and friends and everything all right awesome sounds good well uh, joel do you want to uh send us off then
2: um no just it's I- exactly what he said i mean if you're if if there's casual fans i mean i say the word casual is very, uh likely um that are maybe fans of 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 striking and might not understand the full concept of an actual mma fight in a cage Um, I think this is a sport for you to watch. This is the event for you to watch. Muay Thai is a a great sport. It goes back centuries. I mean, since I can remember. And you'll be able to understand that, pick it up within minutes of the point system and whatnot, as opposed to wondering what two fighters are doing on the ground and not understanding. So definitely this is the event to watch. And I do believe that you could definitely be an ambassador of the sport. Of the Muay Thai community for helping it get a little bit more mainstream than what it is, because Muay Thai, I believe, should get should be more mainstream than what it than what it what it is now. I mean, there are some fighters that are out there that have made big names for themselves, but just unfortunately because of the fact that the exposure isn't there, not many people know about it. So yeah, that yeah, that's basically
3: all.
4: Yeah, you hit it on the head, man. Exactly. All
3: right. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Chip, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to speak with us, man. It was, it was just great talking to you. I think we got a lot of uh, really great answers from you. Uh, yeah, man, uh, thanks for, for calling in, and best of luck to you in your fight. Yeah,
4: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks
2: for having me. That was Chip morales Pollard on our show. Um, big thank you again to him. Uh, big shout-out to um, all the fighters in, nor- in northern England. There's some great fighters out there. If you guys want to follow me, definitely can hit me up on Facebook at Joel Rojas, R O J S, or on Twitter, that's at J-R underscore, double underscore. Uh, Kane, where can our listeners find you at?
3: Uh, same place as always, man. Make sure you can follow our site on Twitter at Funky Monkey MMA, and you can also follow me personally at Kane E. Miller as well. Once again, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.
0: You're listening to Funky Monkey MMA.
4: Welcome back to another edition of Funky Monkey
1: MMA Radio. I'm Rob Mead. Tonight we are being joined
4: by Brian Moore, the founder of
1: Legends of the Cage, and also Joel Rojas. So,
4: uh, Brian, you've had a lot going on, man. Uh, you know, you recently just bought a uh, building for Legends of the Cage. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, um, ever since we started Legends of the Cage, we've been focused on honoring the men and women that built a sport that, you know, started... The sport of MMA made it what it is today, and we recently acquired a building. We're working on the Legends of the Cage Hall of Fame where we can honor these guys and be able to, to display, you know, some of their memorabilia from their careers and, and the things that made this sport great. And we're working on the building right now. It's in Christiansburg, Ohio. Um, 2018 is going to be a real big year.
2: Is it just going to be, uh like, to display their memorabilia and their accomplishments, or will there be, like, maybe some amateur fights? Uh kind of like kick off the promotion like to leading up to the big opening I mean, or even when it is open, is that gonna also be utilized for maybe like I said amateur fighting or up and coming fighters in the area?
1: actually, the building's large enough, we could host seminars, we could bring legends in to do autograph signings, um that type of thing, and yeah, we have discussed you know possibly partnering up with a an organization to host fights in the in the area when we have mm-hmm. these events so. There's a lot of things going on. Um, we're in the works now with several different people. A lot more information will be coming out of it as we know it.
4: For those are you know who haven't you know listened to our past episodes or anything like that, uh, you know, describe Legends of the Cage and what it's all about.
1: Actually, we just started off with just me and Gary Goodridge. Um, I seen there was a need for these guys to be remembered. It felt like the sport had evolved. Um, since the SEG days, once Zupa took over, it's kind of like the history had been erased of MMA. And we focused the last four years to bringing these guys back to the fans, to getting them back in the spotlight. And we've managed to do a lot of great things for fighters and for fans alike. So basically, Legends of the Cage is just here for all the fighters. It's just all of us coming together to make sure the memory of what they accomplished, their contributions, is fresh in the minds of these new fans.
2: Absolutely, because there's a lot of the newer generation of fight fans that might not have had the knowledge of what these legends have brought to the table and how they paved the way for some of these um, new champions, uh, the newer era fighters, even the fighters that had that throwback style and where they originated from and got that from. So it's actually a very good good thing, not only to, to commemorate everything that they've done for the sport and to keep their their legacy alive by bringing forth their accomplishments as far as memorabilia is concerned and whatnot, but to actually be able to introduce them to a newer audience that might not be familiar with them. I think is outstanding.
1: And it, and it's crazy. I mean, not just introducing the the newer audience to the legends, but introducing these legends to the newer audience, you know, I mean, okay. every fight fan remembers their favorite fight. And a lot for a lot of these people that like MMA now it started and Stephan Bonner Forrest Griffin, you know, and mm-hmm. I've I've managed to refresh people's memories into some of the greatest fights in MMA history, you know, the Don Frye, Takiyama. Um just just fights that we'll never see again, that style, that ferociousness, you know. So it's just to me it's it's a great thing to be able to to help these guys preserve their memory for future generations of MMA fans.
2: Most definitely. Absolutely. Um you, you mentioned it'll be open up in two thousand eighteen. Are we looking at a early twenty eighteen, the first half of the of the quarter? I mean, how fast can us uh, us be able to anticipate this? Because I know I'm definitely anticipating already. Just talking to you and how what you're saying is absolutely amping me up and I can't wait for it.
1: I'll be honest, that all depends on the support. Um you know the the legends, they they, they love what we do. The fans they love what we do. But mm-hmm. Money coming in is definitely the issue. Um, we've, we've, I've been investing my time, my own personal money into making this happen. I'm probably looking at late 2018. By the time I get everything done and the building completely rehabbed and everything ready to live up to the standards of what I would like it to be. But, you know, we get support on there. We get these sponsors and, and things joining us along this journey. It could be a lot quicker. So put the word out. Um, Legends of the Cage Hall of Fame is coming. We're looking for sponsors. Tell everybody you know.
2: Definitely. Anyone that's listening, you want a piece of history. You want to be able to say, hey, I helped with this project. This is something that even a dollar is, is, I mean, whatever you can help, whether it be financially or spreading the word, this is what these legends deserve. They deserve to have that, you know, done in their honor. And just like I said said before, bringing forth their accomplishments, seeing what they've done, seeing the the incredible memorabilia, um, maybe fight footage. that will probably be playing in the background. You know, hop in and take a look at it. You know, it's important. You know, just I, I suggest anyone that really, really is a fight fan, get your hands get your hands in with this project because it's going to be well worth it. Yeah,
1: we're, we're working hard to, to make sure that these guys have a home. And Legends of the Cage Hall of Fame is definitely going to be the home of the legends.
2: Absolutely. And you're based out of Ohio, correct? There's a lot of you know fight fight history in Ohio itself.
1: Yeah, we're about. 20 minutes north of Dayton um an hour west of Columbus so we're in the and in, in the midwest of ohio we're close drive from indiana kentucky any of those surrounding states um it, it's going to be a great thing we we're hoping to maybe do some more traveling uh next year as far as getting out and visiting with the fans of denver and all the cities we were in a few years back so yeah, you know, we're going to be doing a lot next year it's we're, we're working on a movie. We're working on an upcoming documentary. We're, there's even talk of a Legends of the Cage podcast coming out soon. So, yeah, um, definitely check us out at Legends of the That'd
2: be great. Everybody, tune in. There's a lot more that where where this is coming from. Um, like you said, a podcast is in the horizon, which will be a great great way to get perspectives and great stories from some of these legends, and for you to expand your mind. That it's not just what, the, what MMA is now, you have to understand the, the style and the the grit and the heart that these fighters had back in the day. I mean, feel free to YouTube some of the great fights and pride. Just alone in pride, that can, you, you can just be there all night. You know, this is definitely something that I'm, as a fight fan and as a supporter, I'm looking forward to. And everybody, just keep tuned in because there's a lot, a lot of stuff coming forward. It's going to be a great
4: 2018. For for those who uh, who want to check you out, Brian, uh, where can they find you at?
1: Yeah, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, about any social media site out there. Uh, Legends of the dot com. Uh, check us out. You can Google us. We're on. We have our own YouTube page. Um, like I said, Legends of com. We're gonna be posting all the YouTube videos to there and linking our YouTube page to it. So yeah, that that would be your best bet is Facebook or or Legends of the com.
2: We thank you very much, uh, Brian, for coming on the show. Again, um, describing the, the big projects that's in the works. And feel free to follow us at FunkyMonkeyMMA. Um, follow me at there underscore double underscore and on Twitter or on Facebook at Joel Rojas. And like I said before, I don't want to sign like a broken record, but 2018 is going to be a great year. And believe me when I tell you, it's going to be well worth the wait. I'm Joel Rojas, and we thank you once again for tuning in.
0: You're listening to Funky Monkey,
1: M.M.A. You can listen to Funky Monkey, M.M.A. Radio on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, Castroller, Roller, the TuneIn Radio app, M.M.A. Futures.com, LoveMMA.com, MMARecords.com, and and FightBookMMA.com. For the freshest news and notes on all things M.M.A., get over to FunkyMonkeyMMA.com.
0: You're listening to Funky Monkey, M.M.A